Listen. De la Patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today. Yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about the evolution of the modern B2B buying process and the best practices for scaling your team. Joining us is Dara Fitzpatrick, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Rollworks which is the account-based marketing platform designed for the needs and ambitions of B2B companies. Powered by proprietary data and machine learning, Rollworks empowers teams to identify target accounts, reach key buyers across multiple channels, and confidently grow revenue. So far this week, Darren and I have talked about modern B2B buying, and we've talked about customer experience versus customer success. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing empowering sales teams at scale. Okay, here's my conversation with Dara Fitzpatrick the Chief Revenue Officer at Rollworks. I can't wait to talk about this stuff. We started talking about it just a little bit yesterday, Dara. We talked about using win-loss. We also talked about, frankly, you know, having a team on board that views those opportunities of learning and embracing them, right? But that's that's a one-to-one exercise. You got a pretty big org, man. You got to figure out how to do that well, and you have to do it at scale. So tell me how you're thinking about this and approaching this, Dara. Yeah, I, th- I think when I think of kind of scaling the organization and driving change, there's a, there's a few things that I think are very important. One is, do you have the right structure in place and what are your expectations of each role? So like, let me give you an example. Like we have a, a brilliant sales enablement that we just rebranded to, to revenue enablement. And we have uh, we four people in that team and we invested in that a year ago and said, if we're going to go and scale the sales team, we have to have the right enablement function. And another one related to it is really looking closely at the managers that you have in terms of their ratio of reps that they're managing. So on average, we're we're kind of anywhere between six to eight, but really want to avoid having 12 reps per manager where it's very hard for them to go and drive change and kind of, you know, make sure that they're keeping the teams accountable for some of these areas that we're looking to advance in, particularly with the buying process. So I think a lot of that when you're scaling a sales team, do you have the right structure in place right across the organization? And the same is true with like pipeline generation and conversion. Like if you hire a lot of salespeople and you don't have ways of generating pipeline, they can be unproductive. And I think the same about when you want to go on up level, you have to have the right support from your enablement teams. and, And then I think the same applies to marketing. The next thing in scaling an org that I think is important is really understanding the profile of candidates that you're looking for to go and hire and do they fit the mold of where your company is at? Because like, if we want to be, you know, Rowworks is four years old. 
So oftentimes in an interview process, I'm really looking to understand, has this person, is this person going to be comfortable in an agile organization that doesn't yet have the perfect sales process and is going to change and is going to evolve? And I think that's where we talk a lot about, like, let's make sure we're very clear on the candidates that we're trying to bring in so that we can mold them, right? Coachability has got to be a big thing of the people that you're trying to hire. And in general, I think across our, our organization, we're lucky that the people here, when we come out with new ideas, they're like, great, like I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to try and try and test this. So I, I think that's the second thing around candidates. And then I, I would say the, the last piece, when I think about kind of sales process or, or the uh, buying experiences, we have a, a really strong operations function. And if you're going to have a good sales process, that is going to be flexible as well as allowing you to capture enough information and allow you to, to forecast in the right way. You really want to make sure that they are aligned in what you're trying to do and are helping you track these things, right? You can't just go and implement changes and not track if it's working. And I think within our sales ops, Mari runs sales ops and she's just brilliant at helping us work through this and is super open, like makes recommendations. And I think that is so important that like, if I was to, you know, leave Roworks and join somewhere else, like one of the first hires that I would look to go make is within sales ops and make sure that you've got someone who can move at the pace that you want to and evolve in the way that you feel you need to on the buying side. What's interesting about the situation you're facing, and I think creating some context for people is this, you're part of a larger mothership organization. Rollworks is a part of this umbrella company that ultimately gives you all these resources, right? And gives you some of that backing of the brand. But at the same time, you've got to be able to be a Detroit because really that's the thing that's going to allow you to be competitive in many ways. You've got big brand, but the ability to operate and be flexible. And so I think that's a big piece of how I'm seeing your world right now. But I just want to come back and say the things that you're talking about here ultimately a great playbook for those that are listening in, trying to understand how to create that flexible workforce. We talked about the importance of enablement. You've got a four-person enablement team on board that's really helping assist you guys. You're talking about great manageable ratios of sales leaders to salespeople, because guess what? At some point, you just can't pay attention to and nurture all those reps at the same time. We talked about transparency in an earlier episode, how important that is for folks, an emphasis on really the experience over necessarily closing the deal, though closing the deal is really important. And then you hit on a topic that I think is familiar to many folks, which is you're only as good as your rev ops or your sales ops function, right? So if I wrap all that together, how does that fit for you, Dara, in terms of trying to be this small code, a big code? Does that change things for you at all? It doesn't necessarily change things. Like we have always seen, like if you look at Rollworks being four years old, it's four years old, but there's an asterisk in that we are backed by Nextrol and we leverage that uh, technology, which has been a major plus for, for us. And it's allowed us on the product side to move really quickly. So I think what we have tried to do is like really leverage a lot of the strengths that uh, that team has. And, and also there's outside of just product, you, you have a lot of functions like finance and HR and L&D that you're able to go and leverage, but also learn from, right? Like, you know, Adro has been 13 years old, over 10,000 customers. So I think we have looked at it and tried to leverage as much of the positives as possible. But I really think that we have embraced the kind of startup within a larger, a larger company. And I think that allows us to move fast in areas that matter. Like when we want to go and make a, a change to the, to the buying process, for example, 
it's really kind of, you know, me and a handful of others. And then we involve reps. So we still have a bit of that, you know, like I'm in New York office now, I'll walk over to one of the reps and say, Hey, what do you think about, what do you think about this idea? And we'll just go and, and, and debate it. So we still have that kind of smaller company feel too, because, you know, in the grand scheme of things like Roworks will have 45 sales reps by uh, the end of kind of Q3 this year. So it's, it's big, but it's not, you know, I don't have a team of 300 odd sales reps and endless directors and VPs and sales managers. And that's a whole different ballgame to be sure. And, and yeah. you know, I think the other thing that you mentioned, and I want to dig into just a bit more is recruiting, right? You talked about the importance of recruiting. And one of the underlying things you talked about was you really want people that understand that they're joining an organization that's experiencing a lot of change. You don't have the perfect playbook yet, right? You've got a larger company that's helping you, but at the same time, you've got some pretty fierce competition you've got to deal with. So what I want to understand here just a bit better from you is when you're thinking about that recruiting process, you're heading into it, how much of the kind of feeder model do you have versus how much of the kind of recruiting model is important to you? And by the feeder model, what I'm talking about here, Dara, is typically you have large SD organizations that are helping out the prospect, helping generate pipeline. It's a great skill set to have, and quite often you can graduate those folks up into higher positions. But given that the organization's only four years old, you may not have that advantage. So how do you balance those two approaches to, you know, creating a great sales work? Yeah, I, I, I love, uh, I love this topic for a couple of reasons. But one was like, like, I've been very lucky at Nextro, to be honest, in the opportunities that I've been given. And there's, you know, far more experienced CROs out there than than I am. Uh, and I think, but I think as a result, I really do think it's so important that organizations give internal candidates or sorry, internal people, the opportunity to progress and build their career. And the, the SDR team has been an unbelievable source of talent for us. So we, we have a model where our SDRs will either go into new business sales, into customer success. We've had people go to enablement. Our current chief of staff to the CEO, she was an SDR back in 2017 we have uh, one of our directors of product was a former SDR. So in general, our kind of philosophy is very much around, you know, let's hire really good talent and then let's work with them on their skills. And then let's make sure that we have a path for them. In general, you'll see a higher percentage going to NBS. And in general, we see them ramp quicker because they, they have a lot of that grounding. So we have promoted, I don't even know how many in the last uh, six months, but I, I would say a minimum of six we've promoted in the last six months. And our, our top salesperson in, in Q1 was a former SDR in Q, they moved in Q2 of, of last year. And that was just like epic to see. They've nearly hit their annual quota in one quarter. And to see that from someone who is who has joined, you know, very early in their career and has grown into really being a, a a top producer, I think is just it gives such confidence for other people and when they're when they're going to join the org. So on the on the internal side, we've got that working working really well. I think on on the external hiring, there's two two pieces that are interesting. One is obviously like real alignment on the profile that you, as I mentioned earlier, that you want to go and hire for. But but secondly, like like we talked about in the buying process, is there is also a recruiting process. And I, I think sometimes companies can have like nine, 10 conversations. And in general, we'll do two things. One, we've tried to like slim down the number of conversations that we're actually having, be really specific in the areas that we're asking. But if we see a high profile or a high potential candidate, oftentimes we will actually like move them straight to myself and maybe someone else, right? If we think they're 
like that high potential and they, they tick a lot of the boxes, we may actually say, okay, they don't need to go through you know, these six steps that are defined. Let's have the hiring manager, someone on the team, and then two people in leadership. And that's actually allowed us to get some really good candidates. And, and like, I think Sean, who I mentioned earlier, from initial outreach to him joining was like six days. I messaged him and we spoke, we spoke a huge amount in six days because he was already, you know, thinking about, you know, his next move. So again, you've got to be agile in your, in your recruiting process. And we've done that you know, multiple times. Wow. You're actually hiring sales leaders faster than I can cure my dry age tri-tip. That's really impressive. <laughs> That's definitely the, the, the exception, not the, not the norm. But I think you do want to, when you come across good, good talent, it's so competitive out there. You know, when you come across good talent, you know, I think you could, if, if they're looking to move fast and make a decision, you know, you've got to show that you can do the same. And, and the other thing for candidates at any level, like one of my big beliefs is like, you have to be very clear on what the role is and what the role is not. So usually with the, it's slightly easier on the SDR side, right? Because they're close to new business and they're in the company, but with external hiring, like the cost of hiring someone who turns around after five months and says, yeah, this wasn't what I thought it was. And so there's just, is just too, too great. It's enormous. You've got the opportunity cost. You probably got, you know, missed numbers as a result. Dara, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. I, uh, I have to say, I'd love to have you back on the show. This is a great topic. And I'd love to have you back to talk more about your success here in a few months and how this is all working out for you. For sure. Thanks for having me on, Doug. All right. Cheers. Thanks so much. Okay. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Dara Fitzpatrick, Chief Revenue Officer at Rollworks for joining us. If you would like to contact Dara, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website at rollworks.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, shame on you. Head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.